Welcome to The Holodeck is Broken, a Star Trek rewatch podcast. I'm your Captain Laura. I grew up watching most of Star Trek. I'm your First Officer Mac. I've watched way too much Star Trek. I'm Eris, your Communications Officer, and I seen some of it. I'm Z, Chief Security Officer, and I have no idea what's going on. Our seven-year mission. To rewatch all Star Trek from the very beginning. Boldly going where everyone but me has gone before. Hey there, I'm Laura. I'm Mac. I'm Eris. And I'm Z. And this week, your away team continues our march through the original series movies with William Shatner's feature-length, theatrically distributed <laughs> film debut as a director. And his final one. Granted, he's 90. He could still, I don't know, maybe direct a movie that he's released in Clint he's Eastwood is That's still old. doing bullshit. So. True. Shatner's still working. They're just not letting him direct. Yeah. For good goddamn reasons. He's directed a couple of like smaller movies that were like direct-to-video. And they're not yeah. bad. But they are what they are. Yeah. Has he directed TV at all? He directed a couple of TJ Hookers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he didn't go the the Jonathan Frakes route where he became right. a pretty good director after leaving Star Trek. He no, he's he's the credited director on a documentary about the first few seasons of The Next Generation, which is actually quite fascinating and surprisingly honest. He like got people to really talk about what a shit show that show was in the first couple of years. Hmm. You and I watched that. Did we? Yeah. We may have. Yeah. yeah. I've watched it a couple times. I know this is going to sound wild coming from me because like after we watched the movie, I had some opinions. Yeah. But uh, I actually would be interested in seeing that. I, I would say. His documentaries very much aren't movies. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Maybe his skill set leans that way. He just can't fucking make belief because he's mm-hmm. a, like, can't do it. And another thing about Shatner is that he is not afraid of a ghost, being getting a ghostwriter. Like he has actually mm-hmm. written would say a dozen to two dozen novels oh wow well, okay but he he came up with the plot and somebody else actually put the words down okay. uh, I, I think that's even generous in some okay. cases okay. yeah he yeah. went what if this happened and then someone oh, else so wrote the patterson it? way of doing it, where <laughs> i will i just continually throw down against patterson it's a brand name yeah, yeah oh yeah absolutely. yeah he, he could die and I don't think we would know for easily 18 oh, months. Tom Clancy's been dead for eight years. They're still oh, putting yeah. out Tom Clancy books. What? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, what they do is they'll say Tom Clancy. At, like, at, they're and, thinking, like, it's an author name. And it's like... And then they'll have, like, Eric Debt Lusbader. of Honor, Blood Oath, a Jack Ryan novel by Skippy McDoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Lusbader. And then, okay. for some reason, my public library will still put them by the actual author's name, not Tom Clancy. And I'm like, okay, but here's the thing. If somebody wants to read a Tom Clancy novel, they probably don't care who it was actually written by. Right. <laughs> Just put them all together yeah. under Clancy. Yeah. Have we said that it's Star Trek V that we're watching? I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> think we Star have. Star Trek V, I don't the think movie. We, uh, we got into that yet. 1989s. There's a couple things... I do want to get into everyone's reactions because I wrote them down. We watched these songs oh, together. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. I had to give up after about the first half an hour because you, you folks had a lot of reactions <laughs> to this yeah, movie. I was very opinionated. But uh, generally regarded as one of, if not the weakest, certainly of the original series movies. Mm-hmm. People debate whether one is worse or five is worse, and we may even get into that mm-hmm. d- discussion yeah. today. How did we get here? Nimoy, of course, directed two very solid movies, one great one, one pretty mm-hmm. good one, uh, in three and four, and he and Shatner enjoyed a favored nation's clause in their contract, so that whatever yeah. Nimoy got, Shatner got. Now, normally yeah. that would amount to trailer size and script approval. Yeah. 
And, but once Nimoy got to direct not one but two, Shatner was definitely in a position to demand to direct one. He had, I think, I don't know if we talked about it before, or we, I think we talked about it during this show. It's a little fuzzy when the, when our actual show started right yeah. now. <laughs> but uh, he had maybe directed a few T.J. Hooker episodes and uh, wanted to direct it, and he was in a good position to do it. I'm really glad he didn't also direct six. <laughs> oh. Well, and it's interesting because theoretically he could have demanded to direct six as well because Nimoy got to direct, to direct two as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, but I'm hoping that the reason why he didn't is probably because they're like, yeah, but um, look at the scores we got back from this. <laughs> there's, <No. laughs> there, there's that, but I think they, they decided creatively was not a good idea. Yeah. But then how to get out of it, they just paid Shatner more. On mm. six, okay. like significantly more okay. to, to account for that. And Shannon was like, okay. We're going to take a <laughs> loss anyway. Either he directs and we lose this money, yeah. or we just go ahead and pay him the difference and then hire somebody <laughs> and then hope that we get good return in the box seats. Yeah. Like the box sales. What if that was his plan the whole time? It's like, I'm going to direct this oh, movie so bad. Break the so dishes that they so you never get to right. do it again. I mean, maybe. That's true. Yeah. Might That's... be smarter than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a bad businessman. I mean, yeah, that is a perfectly not. I, I, That's I, I, literally I, the plot to the producers. The I, know, <laughs> I, mean, I was gonna say reasonable. But like it's not really reasonable, but I mean, like it's a tried and true method. <laughs> but beyond that, I mean, we're talking about his ghostwritten books. He's yeah. created a cottage industry around his name, and he's. Mm-hmm. True. Never Cash. been poor since he first played Kirk. Gotta, he had gotta, horses. Gotta, yeah. gotta get them horses somehow. Horses right. aren't cheap. Horses no, aren't cheap. And we'll no, get to that too. They are not cheap. But it, I think we'd all agree that it's a failure of a movie. No one's gonna go to bat for the movie. I'm just oh, I'm no. running, running a quick the poll here. The largest yeah. pile of horseshit I think I've ever had to lay it eyes was, on. It was not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're so polite. And I'm just like, it was fucking horseshit. They're ramping up. <laughs> like, it, it's not polite. It, it's the opening. It's the introductory yeah. statement. <laughs> I want to know what 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 was Shatner going through with this movie because well, it's 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 like a man or <laughs> because it's a movie about a man who is trying to destroy God. So I'm like, are you working some stuff out on the screen? What's happening? It, he was spanked it, one too many times in seminary school. I think he was spanking it. I think it was like a weird like masturbation for his own. Like I'm going to defeat God because I'm better than God. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot happening there's here. There's a lot it's, happening it's hard to take. It, it, it's a failure of a movie. It is not all Shatner's fault. I will say that. Okay, you're gonna have to sell me on this. That. Is, yeah. This feels <laughs> like like whenever you get a little bit of gossip from the family and they're like trying to tell you what the gossip is without telling. Like, right. just tell us what the gossip is. Okay. Next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, grandma, is it my grandma? <laughs> it's, it's not all Shatner's fault. I think there's a lot that is Shatner's fault. I think it proceeds from a bad premise. The crew of the Enterprise tries to find God. Uh, yeah. Bad idea. Because of course he he wanted Nicholas Meyer to write it, and he said. Yeah, Meyer was just straight out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, hey, Nick, will you write the movie? He said, what's the movie about, Bill? And Bill said, it's about the Enterprise searching for God. And Nicholas Meyer said, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs> There's a couple other things that happen. So it's, of course, being released in the summer of 1989, which is one of the more notoriously big blog- blockbuster summers of movies of all time. Mm. Batman. Ghostbusters 2. Oh, shit, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Fuck, mm, yeah. Lethal Weapon 2. 
Oh my god. Uh, I could keep going. That was a big <laughs> year, apparently. It was a very big year. Yeah. So. Where was I? <laughs> now, not born yet for five more years. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I was a toddler. I did not have my own vehicle. I didn't have uh, my own money. <laughs> that would account for its eventual box office troubles because it was just a very crowded summer. But the operative problem there is that between Ghostbusters 2 and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, that tied up Industrial Light and Magic's special effects oh. crews in total. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the special so, effects on this movie was bad. not... Yeah, bad. yeah, not great. I was just trying to do a Z thing. Right. <laughs> Say what you will about the motion picture. Yeah. Its model work is on point yeah. right. 90% of the time. Yeah. 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 But this looks bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah this, My, this is like Barbie Joe's FX line. Emporium. Is that the only one that was available for this one? Brad Farron and Associates out oh. of New Jersey. Oh, oh Oregon, New Jersey's known uh, for It may have been that. a mob uh, shelter. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Here's the, here's the thing about the mob. Sometimes they do good work. <laughs> you know? They so, got like, us, I mean, sometimes uh, there's some dead bodies, but they're, every once in a while they decide, okay, we know that this is a front. But it's a front that's going to be able to launder us money. The mob at its core was just sort of like, <laughs> laws are a colonial viewpoint, and we got to take care of the neighborhood, possibly with violence. I keep thinking of, like, you know, the mob guys that, like, own a restaurant. Yes. It's got to at least have some good food in it. You got to yeah. have people in the door, otherwise you're just a restaurant yeah. that You can judge a mob open. based yeah. on their restaurant, <laughs> yeah. because a good mob will run a good restaurant. You're yeah. like... I don't care that there was three murders here last week. This is the fucking best spaghetti I've ever had. <laughs> the other thing, working against Shatner. I'm not from a mob family. What are you talking about? <laughs> You're not in witness protection. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, we were more gang related. <laughs> um, the other thing is, of course, there was a writer's strike right at the time they were writing the Ooh, script. Shoot, yeah. So that one-two punch is already going to put the movie behind mm. the curve. Yeah. Everything else is Shatner's fault. Please proceed. I'm not <laughs> sure there was a good enough idea that even there, if there, there was wasn't. no writer's strike, that it would have been salvageable. There but, was, but that script, even with a flawed premise, doesn't add up. Mm. There, there's a complete disconnect from the movie that, like, from the title and the trailer and like the advertisement to what the movie actually is. Like, the movie is so much more a western. Than it is mm. a fucking sci-fi. Mm. I mean, like, and including the opening weird Dune shot with the ring wraith. <laughs> yeah, I want to stop you there <laughs> uh, on the Dune shot because people will drag this movie for miles and miles, but they always say that the opening shots are kind of nice. And I'm watching it with you guys, and the movie's five seconds in, and you're like, oh, let me let me see if I've got. Uh, uh, <laughs> Why is he walking like that? Oh, it's a ring wraith? Kiss. Oh, not a kiss. This isn't Dune. What the fuck? This is so gay. That was Z. AT dubs. Gay not as in pejorative. Right. Like, literally, like, their faces were touching. Yeah. And they were like, also two the seconds one. of like, they're going to make out. I didn't think I was getting this movie this early. All right, let's go. This is intense, and I don't think anyone consented. I didn't consent. <laughs> is that a unicorn? What is going on with his face? I am so confused and borderline irritated right now. I'm angry. Yeah, this is just yeah. the first scene. That was scene. the first scene. The first I, scene. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what was going on in that scene because oh, I was trashing that scene does. so heavily. Right. Nobody but everyone's like, oh, it has sort of the Lawrence of Arabia kind of mm. epic scope That's to it. also not a fucking sci-fi movie. I well, I don't, uh, think, uh. I don't think Shanders ever watched Star Trek. 
you know which is you know you know what that is fair i you know what that is i mean i may have opinions about that in itself but that is fair he may never actually watch these movies i I think that's the key problem is that like nimoy's not going to be watching every episode and every but he he has an intuitive sense about what worked about star trek and could harness that whereas shatner didn't didn't and didn't care to find out yeah yes yeah. Also, but also, you can cross genre. Like, you, and, and sure, Star Trek right. movies did that. I mean, Six Two, got into like yeah. this murder mystery. Two was this uh, submarine movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can cross genres and m- still make it a pretty decent sci-fi thing. Four is a broad eighties comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. but yeah. he missed the mark on all right. accounts. Yeah. He <laughs> forgot the what made Star Trek good in the first place, and I think that's probably because because maybe he didn't know in the first place. Like. Mm-hmm. Nimoy seems way more of a team player, even mm-hmm. the way that he acts out in the scenes. He uses other people to, to help his own acting. Yeah. You know, he plays off of people very well. Shatner, whenever he's on screen, I mean, fucking Uhura had to wait for him to cross out of the fucking camera view <laughs> so she could finish her goddamn line on more than one occasion. I, I do want to say, though, that I feel like... I feel like Shatner sucked at this. So, yeah. so t- he was so bad. They're, like, there's yeah. not arguing that. However... I feel like we're not giving credit to the fact that there were a lot of things from the original series that were in this movie and in like that they were done similarly. Oh, not yeah. well. True. They weren't done well. But <laughs> yeah. like, it was like he had the ingredients and he like left yeah. them sitting out all night or something and like, <laughs> he did up, but, Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, the structure on the like, back of the box. Ah, fuck the box. He gave us a casserole dish full of uncooked noodles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the perfect description of this film. (laughs) A casserole dish of uncooked noodles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, because, I mean, they did do a lot of desert planet kind of stuff. Yeah. And they had a lot of... And the arguing with the god-man child thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always a a god-boy that's... Right. Or a computer that needs to be argued with. (laughs) Well, I'll say this, and I'll say this early on. I appreciate two things about the movie. I appreciate that once again, this holds up the the continuing trope of uh, Shatner, not Shatner, I'm sorry, uh, Kirk learning about his boyfriend slash husband slash partner's family (laughs) well after into them actually being together. Like, oh, fuck, you have a brother? We've been dating for 25 years. (laughs) The fuck, Spock? And Spock's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) like, you never asked me about my family and fuck them anyway. (laughs) So I appreciate that running gag. Like, I really do. And then second, I actually always enjoyed Kirk arguing with robots until they explode. And I like how (laughs) he used that for the misbehavior. The best moment in this film is God's going through his whole spiel and Cybok's all like, oh God, yeah. yeah. And, and, and and bring me the starship. And and there's the moment camera pans over to Shatner and it's it, I can't believe he got this understated performance out of himself. It's just <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say what you know about the rest of the movie. That moment, <laughs> yeah. and I was right. like, "Oh, our boy's gonna right. do something." Yeah. <laughs> that was the most Kirk he was the entire movie. Absolutely, because yeah. yeah. there was plenty of times in the movie where I didn't see Kirk at all. He was just like, "Oh, it's Shatner, yeah, pretending mm-hmm. to be himself." Like Kirk, like yeah. the fucking go climb a mountain shirt, and the the mm-hmm. fact that he started off the whole thing climbing a mountain, and I'm just sort of like. 
okay, Kirk might do this, but like I'm still not seeing Kirk here. I'm seeing Shatner showing off the yeah. fact that he knows how to rock climb. Which he didn't. And CG. Yeah, yeah, and CG. Yeah, he's yeah. clearly doing the fucking Spider-Man thing and they just filmed well, it upside it, down. It's a fiberglass mountain in the parking yeah. lot of, yeah. <laughs> uh, of Yosemite Matches National Park. So you have in the background the real mountains and it's like, oh, yeah. that could look like a mountain. Yeah, yeah, and that right there was when he was Kirk again. Rider Strike unraveled some things. He had Teamster Strikes on location. He had a lot stacked up against him, but he's yeah. not a skilled enough director to overcome. Right, mm, and it yeah. doesn't seem like maybe he's skilled enough at diplomacy to do that either, which I'm mean, sure yeah. wraps up into director directorial ship too. Yeah, I mean, and, and a director on a franchise film, especially at that point in time, is going to be somewhat subservient to larger powers, and that is not where Shatner was at that time. He was used to being the star, getting the first draft right. and saying, here's, what's, here's everything that's wrong. If you're going to have me in the movie, you have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now he had to be the ones going to these supporting right. actors who he'd been, spent the last twenty years ignoring. Right, <laughs> like mm-hmm. George Takei has notes. Shatner does not take notes from George Takei. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's probably the difference between him and Nimoy is that Nimoy very right. clearly, as we can see with his previous films, were it took those notes and and was like, okay, yeah. what what would your character be doing here? Right. And, and Nimoy wanted to direct because he felt like he could be a director. And yeah. oddly enough, it's sort of reflective in the movie, Shatner only wanted to direct because it was there. Mm-hmm. It never yeah. would have occurred to him direct, to direct unless there was the opportunity already there. Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. sibling rivalry, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are reaching up against our commercial break. Oh. Yeah. That, that breezed oh. right by. That breezed. Like, what? No, we just started filming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... That will happen now. I directed one movie 30 years ago, and as you know, it was fantastic. Star Trek V. The Final Frontier. <laughs> Lesson one. Come up with an idea and stick to it no matter who's arguing with it. If God himself tells you you shouldn't make this movie, that only means you have to kill God harder. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that, a, is that heresy? I'm Shatner, and I have spoken. <laughs> Sabotage. What if, what if you don't have any money left over to, to purchase a song to sing by the campfire? What do you do? Money is a matter for other people who are more interested in it. I am an artist, and I have brought horses that I will charge you for. Me, the production. I will pay me to use the horses in me, the film that I make. In William Shatner's Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, a horse movie by William Shatner. <laughs> Mr. Shatner, I have a question about the syllabus. It seems like here on the fourth week you just have um, how to defraud, and uh, you you literally wrote tax shelter. <laughs> what? Excuse me. The statute of limitations is over, so I will. <laughs> Messages of social enlightenment. Water is life. Yeah. Black lives matter. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. I want high vision back when I was super big. You were up here and I was down here. (laughs) This is your note. (laughs) Row, row, row. No, Laura. This is your note. Trans lives matter. Yes. Stop Asian hate. Yes. Stay hydrated. Yes. Hydrate or dihydrate. Please get your vaccine. The flu shot is also important. Oh, shoot, yeah. And it's coming out now. Yeah, I need, I need to go get mine, actually. Yeah.
Watching YouTube videos is not research. Oh, oh, oh. You're, you're not remotely qualified to do your own research. Yeah. There. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wash your hands. Yeah. Yes. Wear your seatbelt. Yeah. Like, Still wear your mask. Yeah. Because it's not over yet. Yeah. 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 Uh, drive carefully and kindly because there are no ICU beds. Oh, At least where we are. <laughs> hey, hey, this one, this one, I think might be directed more the the children's out there. Do not do the milk crate challenge. <laughs> you, it's like one hundred percent guaranteed to break a bone. You can't get into the hospital right now. Your HMO plan is literally walk it off. So don't <laughs> just just do not. Hey, read your ingredients and you know make sure you don't mix like chlorine and ammonia and stuff and like yeah. uh just go ahead and get poison control make sure that you have that like as a like a little uh thing you just keep on your fridge just in case you never know don't drink or inject bleach and maybe just don't take drugs that are meant for sheep and horses yeah just just don't do that scientists are not out to get you you're not that interesting <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. also the government's probably not spying on you they have too many budget cuts <laughs> worry about amazon and facebook yeah 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 like anyone already who's ever to had to you. go to a government office to get anything done you're not gonna come out of there thinking this is a well-oiled machine that is spying <laughs> on you without your knowledge uh if you enjoy our that thing, that, that noise that comes into place. <laughs> yes, okay. uh, you might enjoy As the Myth Turns with your cultural interns. Eris and Z. Interns because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. They are wrapping up their run. In fact, we are recording their final two shows today, I believe. No, put those away. Insert gun noises here. They are available on PartyApocalypse.com that uh, has books, blogs, movie reviews, and the fourth wall in its entirety. A new book by me is out in the world that contains a forward by no less than Z and Eris. Yeah. I helped. The audiobook (laughs) is also available from Audible, and it contains voice work from all four of us. Yeah. I helped. I should probably (laughs) say the title of the book right now. (laughs) If any of these stories goes over 1,000 words, this entire book will explode. In fact, as a special preview, I might attach one of the stories from the audiobook at the end of this episode. Be sure to listen to the end. The Holodeck is Broken has its own blog now. Eris, you have a Twitch. I do. I'm not even going to make the, the joke about it. I have a <laughs> Twitch.tv account. Eris O'Reilly, all one word. I stream art. Um, right now I've been working on a lot of D&D stuff. Um, lately I've been just sort of, uh, jumping in. Um, I need to be working on my comic. Um, so if you catch me on my stream, I probably won't be doing that. I'll be doing something else, but you know, uh, schedule's a little chaotic right now. I am trying to get it pinned down to something like, uh, Friday afternoons and then Monday afternoons. But right now it's kind of just whenever I feel like, so... But go ahead and catch me, and uh, I have the VODs on there, too, if you just want to watch, like, past episodes and just uh, watch me drop. Yeah. Z. Yes. TikTok. Yes. I don't have anything. Yeah. You just go. Oh, go. TikTok. 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 Go now. Yeah, I have a TikTok. It's at underscore. It's just Z underscore. I do videos and say things and make word mouth noises. Word mouth noises. Mm-hmm. What you said it was, mm-hmm. it's just the, uh, 
love of my life, do you have anything? Not point? really. I am not as plugged into the World Wide Web as you youngins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to decide if I took offense to that. My, silence As was like, I, I, my face got real scrunched up. Like I was like, I, like, no, I, I didn't take offense. <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> hey. Do I still use dial up? No, I'm not that old. I, I'm with it. I'm just not on it. If you have to say you're with it, are you truly <laughs> with it? Hello, fellow. I'm jiggy with it. She said on a podcast about a movie that came out in 1989. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is the most millennial uh, thing we can do, so I mean, uh, congratulations. Uh, with that out of the way, back to the episode. I don't know if we, we may have talked ourselves out in Act One on Star Trek V. Does anybody else have any other pressing I have, thoughts? I have things I can say about <laughs> yeah, it. Um, go for it. I, there was, I mean, it's not necessarily anything new. It's just like more concrete evidence of why I hate this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Her. I really did not enjoy that the one like, so we, there was like two sexy ladies on display in this movie. There was the, right? There was two, or there was, there's two sexy ladies. What sexy ladies are you thinking about? Was I think about sexy ladies all the time. I know. I mean, I do too. I'm kind of like over and like, um, isn't this the movie where they have like the weird cat girl? Yes, there's the three titty yes. cat stripper. Yes. 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 Yeah. And then they yeah. also had a hurrah. Also had a hurrah. And the, then the, the, uh, the, the Klingon shapeshifter. No, no that's the, six. six. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, isn't there like, there's, there's, Three well, the people, yes, the Romulan lady. You were super into Romulan yes. ambassador. Lady. Oh right, yeah, but she was like that less was one of on your display, other reactions. I'll, but it was yeah. like here's the stripper, and then here's Ahura stripping. Right, and I really was not into the fact that they had Ahura, who already like had to work so hard on the show to not be seen as like a fetishized person. And Shatner, the first thing he had the opportunity to do was like, I want you to be naked. And dubbed her over in the vocal performance. That was, that really? was not Michelle Nichols. Oh, and she's an accomplished singer. And that... <laughs> the, Shatner wrote books about the production of the original series and the movies, which I reread the movie one while we've been watching the movies, just out of curiosity. And his interview with Michelle Nichols, after all this, starts with... Michelle Nichols says, Before we begin, Bill, let me tell you why I despise you. <laughs> yes! Get it! She's oh my, my god! <laughs> That's amazing. And she yes. did it in such a way that he, that they're still pals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's great. Oh my god! Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I was, I Go was like Nichols. <laughs> uncomfortable in that scene, in the fact that like, and it wasn't necessarily like an uncomfortable scene, but like once I realized that it was a hura, I was just like, really, the first opportunity you had, Shatner, you wanted her to get naked and be on display. <clears throat> First opportunity, yeah, fucking stripped her. I can't. But I'm like, he, fucking angry. We've seen Scotty other movies. Together? I, I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm movie, okay like, with that. Yeah, that, there's <laughs> certainly that implication. That, yeah, yeah. I that's fine. I like the idea that she just runs a constant flirtation with like everybody on the bridge because that's I how think, she gets the bridge to work smoothly. Right. She's dynamic. <laughs> she has chemistry with everyone. I think she's got a reverse harem going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She's just like, look, I know that these these boys need motivation. Yeah. I'll be that motivation. That's yeah. it. That's, you know, yeah. the, the star enterprise works smoothly because they're all thirsty for me. The yeah. end. 
<laughs> That's perfectly fine. Other yeah. movies used her better, and yes, yeah, I, I think it goes back to your point of like Shatner doesn't know how these elements are supposed to fit together. It's yeah. just oh, Uhura, sexy, go. Yeah. He, like, he thinks it's about him climbing a mountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 and uh, it isn't. Yeah, especially at that point, because the, another thing that definitely impact impacted the studio's enthusiasm about the movie is that Star Trek The Next Generation had premiered by this point. And so the fans were getting new Star Trek every week. So it wasn't like, ooh, this is a special treat. Every two years we get a new Star Trek. Mm. Yeah. We were getting it every week and we are like, eh, do we really have to go to the movies to see William Shatner direct a mountain? Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Not even a real mountain. He's right. directing a fake mountain at that point. <laughs> so there's that. Other things that got a little out of Shatner's control, he had a, a much different finale. Like if you re- I've watched the movie a couple of times and and. Every time I watch it, the the finale where he's running from God and God's sort of exploding forth. I mean, it looks bad, but every time I see it, it looks worse. (laughs) Because it's not the ending that he wanted. He... His initial... Can I I take a guess at what he wanted? And you can just tell me if I'm wrong. Right. Like, he wanted God to actually be the devil. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All and, and, right. And the the Enterprise would fire the torpedoes into that little Stonehenge area that they found oh themselves God. in, and God would transform to the devil, and he would th- uh, spit out demons to chase after. And, and so we had this image of like rock creatures crawling out of the hole and and uh, uh, chasing after Spock, Kirk, and McCoy. And as the budget kept getting cut, he said, no, we can't. He wanted like seven of them. And they're like, we're not doing seven rock <laughs> creatures. Oh, yeah. we'll, give not, you, we'll, we'll give you zero. <laughs> no, we'll give you three. Mm. And you're like, okay, I can make three work with some creative camera work. Three. I can do this. I'm William Shatner. <laughs> and then uh, they go a little over budget on their Yosemite National Park shooting because there's Teamsters strikes and various other oh, things. And so we got to cut you down. Got to cut you down to one. Mm. One rock man, as he was, came to be called. Yeah. And then they filmed test footage with the rock man. And the rock man didn't work so hot. So yeah. then they had to kill kill the rock man altogether. Oh there is God. footage that still exists of the rock man. Oh, no. And how he might have appeared in Star Trek V, The Final oh. Frontier. And I might make this the picture of our episode sure. <laughs> for the entry, but I'll show you two. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So they took project film. Yeah. Uh, he looks like a charred artichoke. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He looks like if you drop your marshmallow into the campfire and then it just gets all black and crispy. And mm. you're like, nah, it's gone now. And if that was a Muppet. It's like a squishy. But not like a Jim Henson a quality Muppet. Yeah. More like a Ruppet. Like, yeah. it, looks like, it looks like when you smoke a cigarette really far without ashing it. And it's just like falling exactly. up. Exactly. That's exactly what it looks like. It's a cigarette man. So it was, it was originally supposed to be in an after school special about not smoking. Mm, so they yeah. just appropriated it for this, for this movie. It sounds about right. It's the marshmallow dispenser. Oh, oh my god. god, that's great. The other thing that presses on my mind, and I've forgotten it now, and I don't know why. Oh, uh, the 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 Eden planet mm-hmm. called Shakari, uh. because their hope to play Cybok was Sean Connery. Wow. Okay. Uh, what? Well, um... He was busy playing Indiana Jones' dad. Like, you know what? That's fine. Yeah. That's perfectly fine. Sean, I want you in my movie. Um, I'm working for Spielberg right now. <laughs> but I'm William Shatner. 
piss off. <laughs> piss off. Don't <laughs> 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 you understand? <laughs> huh. But see, if he was Cybok, he wouldn't ditch the accent, so he would just be Scottish yeah. Vulcan yeah. for some reason. Fuck. Then... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a message from God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not related to you. <laughs> Wait, this is your brother? <laughs> no. <laughs> Spock just walks off set. <laughs> your pain runs deep. Share it with me. <laughs> That's... Okay, I, no. can't. I can't, I can't. Uh, I, I, I'm almost upset that Sean Connery wasn't Cybok now because I wanted to see how many bloopers and c- cuts it took for, th- for them to get through that scene because like I would be laughing the entire time I would yeah. not be able to do it regardless of how busy he was shooting Indiana Jones 3 I don't think he would have done it okay. no yeah not, I, I'd have put even money it's like why would I do that yeah <laughs> I would have entertained like a sit down dinner from Shatner, be like, tell me about your movie. Tell me, like, sell it to me. Why should I be this guy? Yeah. And then mm. the farther they got in, like, by dessert, Sean's already like, somebody call me. Like, he's got his pager. <laughs> he's like, please yeah. call my phone so I can fucking leave. <laughs> if they ponied up enough money, because I mean, it wasn't like Connery was doing great movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Anyway, Sean Connery <laughs> as Spider. As So what, Mac, was your favorite reaction from us about the movie? Well, and I, I, I kind of lost track of it eventually after about the first 45 minutes because there were a lot. Oh my God. Uh, but I think Eris's, uh reaction to the Romulan ambassador was probably right after <laughs> Uh, actually, two of Eris's ones. Um, uh, and then there's one Z one that, uh, that I had not read yet that were pretty great. Uh, in re- response to the Vulcan, Am- they're not the Vulcan ambassador. The Romulan ambassador, Eris said, "I love her hair. I'm into her. I don't care what else happens in this movie." <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. At some undisclosed point in the movie, Eris says, "I have no questions. I only have concerns and complaints." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's also true. And then Z's top two uh, later on in the movie were, was his father the one man he couldn't save? Referring to Bones. Oh, yeah. Because that's not accurate at all. (laughs) And then at some point, Z said, what? Why? How? Hold on. (laughs) Also accurate. Well, and then I, I see see the moment where, because it's the, when they're on the, the planet thing, Chakari. the desert. No, the desert place where it's oh, like Nimbus they're 3? at Paradise City and then Z and I started singing, at take me pass. down to Paradise City <laughs> yes. at the exact yeah. same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a fun moment. Not in the movie, but like a togetherness <laughs> thing, you know? Z's reaction to Shatner mountain climbing. That's really dumb. People do that for fun. That's a dumb hobby. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think it. and I think it made it worse for me um, because that's what my brother does. Yeah. And my brother's also dumb. And it's a dumb <laughs> hobby. <laughs> I think this was the first time I'd ever seen Star Trek V all the way through. Like, uh, I don't think I'd ever made it. Yeah. This is the first the whole and thing last before. time. Yeah, I don't think I'll watch it again. Thank you. <laughs> We're done with this forever for the rest of my life. Cross it off my to-do, to-do list. It's I fine. used to kind of defend it, and then I watched it sometime in the last year, and I was like, no, this is the worst one. <laughs> like, I think we talked about every Star Trek iteration has its 
competitor for worst Star Trek movie of all time. The original series has this. The J.J. Abrams movies have Into Darkness, and the next-gen movies have Nemesis. Yeah. Uh, but this is way worse. <laughs> it's not as bad as Superman for the Quest for Peace, but it is close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say this is not the worst movie I have ever seen, but right. it's very close. I mean, it's it's like a photo finish. See, it's not even, I, like, bad, but you kind of enjoy watching right. it because oh, it's so bad. So. I I disliked the first one more than I disliked this one. I think one. That, right. that's yeah. the big question. Okay, is, is this the worst? You're, you're saying yes, it's definitely the worst. For me, yeah. personally, it's the worst one in terms of, like, because it makes me angry, while the first one just made me bored, and boredom is something I can handle better than anger. Mm. I don't like being and I pissed. Think the difference. That's the you, you might be more irritated by boredom than yeah, by actual right. irritation. <clears throat> I think what makes what like what the difference is for me is for this one, like I could see where Shatner was getting some of the ideas from the mm-hmm. original stuff. He yeah. wasn't doing it well, that's for sure. Right. But I could see where he was getting. I could see mm-hmm. that this had a kernel of. The originalness yeah. and the first one was just a lot of looking at shit and yeah. I look at shit all the time and I don't have <laughs> the attention span to look at shit that everybody else is right. looking at like I want to look at other things yeah. no and I, and I completely understand that and I think that makes sense for you like yeah, I'm yeah. Like, yeah like absolutely okay. and so, so, so the question is slightly different your, your preference is totally legitimate which is the worst made film? Oh, this one. This yes. one for okay. sure. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Obje- like objectively. Objectively, yeah. skill-wise, yeah. like one has craft on display and just mm-hmm. d- needed a lot of editing. Yeah. It was a great 20-minute film. Five <laughs> starts off wrong and never gets better. Yeah. 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 yeah like, And that's my thing. Like, I, I will put one ahead of this uh, five mm-hmm. because of what Era said. Like, yeah. you can edit one down to a pretty solid good right. Star Trek movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with five. Because like I <laughs> yeah. can have it on in the background. I can do seven other things and not actually have to now if you like clockwork right. orange me and made me watch one, I <laughs> right. might change my mind. One is a fabulous movie to fall asleep to. Yeah. And that's not a great endorsement it. for a movie. Yeah. But it has its use. Yeah. yeah, I got I have Pinterest, I've got Sudoku. I can do a whole bunch of those yeah. while watching one. No problem. Uh, we are close to our time. Does anyone have any other thoughts about Star Trek V Final Frontier before we put it in a drawer and never look at it again? Light it on fire. <laughs> I thought it was funny how like so many of them don't look as old in this movie as they did in the last movie. Like yes, in the last one, yeah. like all yeah. of them had very white hair. And in this one... You mean in four? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, maybe yeah, yeah, we're hitting that like trying not to look as old as we are phase. Yeah, and, like, oh, <laughs> we rediscovered hair dye. Woo! Yeah. I think Shatner's instinct is to be more vain anyway. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, he's gonna cake himself up in you know concealer and all that sort of stuff. But Spock had rocket boots in this one. That yeah, was fun. I, they were weirdly used, but yes. you know the it scene was that annoys fun. me the most is in that turbo lift shaft. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing about that makes any sense because they, they're at the bottom of the shafts, which means presumably they're near the bottom of the ship. Right. Uh, they're thinking they're going to climb the uh, utility ladder up to the yeah. toward the top of the ship. Spock leaves them at the bottom. They're about theoretically halfway through. And Spock comes back to them from the top. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. 
and every deck or so has a diagram that shows it like deck whatever number it is yeah and it's it's well established that once we get to the next generation the much larger enterprise d 80 years later has 36 decks and by extrapolation they're thinking i mean it could vary depending on the source but that the enterprise a has maybe 15 okay those deck numbers went up to the 70s i think yeah 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 it's a double decker ship and they 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 increased as you went up and as we all know on star Star trek ships the decks go up as you go down deck 36 would be at the bottom of the ship yes we all know that i know that yeah Yeah. you learned that when you were seven like i did yeah I yep. did. Mm-hmm. A, A comrades? Okay. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> taking notes. And then the So, like, the bridge is, like, deck one. The okay, bridge is deck okay. one, and then, mm. like, antimatter storage pods would be right at the bottom. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. And that's just generally accepted, because it, it once we get into next generation, that's diagrammed very well mm. over time. And then the editing of that scene they're at deck 30, they're at deck 45, then they're at deck 30 again, then they're at deck 45. <laughs> yeah. The editor and me would like to have a word. <laughs> I like how he points at me. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, true. funny. Um, but I also, po- I'm pointing at memory alpha. Like, gotcha, gotcha. I point to you, Star Trek canon. I point to you. <laughs> so the one thing that also pisses me off about that scene is that, you know, that scene was, for whatever reason, probably some type of prop linchpin. And because they wanted to have the fucking rocket boots, you know that Shatner was like, oh, but it doesn't make sense that if Spock just suddenly comes out with rocket boots, we have to explain that he has rocket boots much earlier in the film. Otherwise, yeah. audience gets loose. So that's why the rocket boots are in that first fucking mountain climbing scene, which was also terrible. And the only reason they're there is so that they can have this awful fucking death chop scene. From, from a, a Chekhov's gun sort of game. Yeah. 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 It sort of makes sense. But... <laughs> Why does he come in from the top? Well, yeah, he should. He could come up from the bottom. And that, just... I mean, it was like those boots are on every deck theoretically, or they're in storage compartments on turbo shafts just for this very purpose. That actually See, makes sense. I didn't actually <laughs> intuit that. I thought they were literally Spock got a bonus. Yeah, went <laughs> down to ye old rocket boot store. And was like, fuck it, this is my Christmas bonus. Yeah, I'm buying my very rocket. So I, in my mind, I was literally thinking Spock ran all the way back to his room, got his little <laughs> rocket shoes, and then flew all the way back. Like, and I'm just like, e- this is still dumb. No matter what. First of all, would he spend his bonus? Maybe. I don't know. You know, but at the same time, he seems like he's really like a minimalist. And I'm just like, why would you buy a fucking pair of rocket I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody bought them for him. Maybe Kirk bought them for uh, him. Oh, that's true. And yeah. But where is he getting his... them on the other part of the ship? The whole dilemma From is... his heart. Because... <laughs> because... <laughs> because Kirk, his lover, bought them for him. Where else do you store a valuable gift? In a storage locker in a place where it could be useful. Catches a pocket dimension right into his chest. Pulls it out. Kirk is I like, think that's we've been the- dating for 45 years and you really just now told me you have access to subspace pocket dimensions? What? Okay, I want to write this show now. Let's make that true. The movie was fucking wank of a movie <laughs> next time <laughs> we're, we're, we'll pull up and uh, 
finish out with Nicholas Meyer's second Star Trek uh, film, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, the culmination of the 25th anniversary festivities for the franchise in 1991, the final time we will see all of the original series cast together. Um, not the final time we'll see individual members of them, mm, though. But not together. Uh, but all together, that's the last time we'll see them. Really, actually, five is the last time we see them all on the bridge doing their jobs, because in the next movie, Suitlu got a new job. Ah. But we'll get to that later. Promotion! Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll do that then. Bye. Bye! Bye. Homecoming Deferred Even though it was about to be directly responsible for the cessation of my life functions, the X-1029 Space Fighter is designed with a plethora of redundancies. Two auxiliary oxygen tanks are on standby at any given time. If one of those fails, it's straight to a Procyonite spaceport for repairs. Regulations are there for a reason. The ship also came complete with enough battery cells to power seven X-1029s through 14 separate round trips from Alpha Centauri back to the homeworld. Save for a cascade power failure, the lights would stay on and the computer would still hum. The craft can also make its normal cruising speed and maintain standard orbit around most Class 7 planets if three out of five distortion engines went offline, which made the cascade power failure followed by the complete failure of four distortion engines all the more alarming. Ozone filled the cockpit as the main port whole window flashed blue-white, then complete black repeatedly for several unnerving minutes. With a thud that probably damaged even more of the ship's systems, everything around me became suddenly silent. Pain radiated through my left elbow, but I ignored it. All previous intelligence indicated that the planet has a breathable atmosphere. Information on the culture and technology of the natives has always been sketchy. With any luck, I would survive this brief detour. I had two upper appendages and a cranial structure that, while odd-looking among my people on Procyon 4, would serve to only make me look somewhat pinheaded among the people of Earth. I'd be able to blend in, I keep telling myself. I reached out with my good arm and opened the cockpit hatch. Staggering out of the ship, I needed to be prepared for anything. A row of their primitive dwellings dotted one of their thoroughfares. Each abode had a primitive land vehicle in front of it, and the tableau inspired a grim realization within me. I had crashed in a populated area. This was less than ideal. The ship crashed in some sort of artificial miniaturized lake adjoining one of the dwellings. Made of concrete and covered for the natives' cold season, it at least would have given me some time to cover my vehicle before it was discovered. Time was not on my side. If I were to avoid being captured by the natives, I would have to get moving and blend in among the populace. It shouldn't be hard. Just before it lost all power, my positional transponder indicated that this was not a major metro zone, but instead one of the human's smaller settlements. Damn it! The moment I put the words, it shouldn't be hard, in my log, I had tempted the wrath of the Great Celestial. By the time I had decided I wouldn't be overrun by a local swarm, I had sealed my doom. Apparently I had landed among these earth people during a high holy festival. As I emerged onto a main thoroughfare outside of the residential area, people milled about in large crowds. They held banners and flags. Many of them played raucous, tinny music. Still more were dressed in some manner of uniform. My initial briefing on the people of Earth indicated that they dressed with no common theme to their wardrobe, but here many appeared to be adorned in variations on the same outfit. Was this some sort of military exercise? That possibility seemed far-fetched. Even the children wore the bright orange uniform. Surely a creature would not be conscripted into the planet's military before they reached 15 cycles. 
It boggled the mind. I wish the translation filter had not been damaged in the crash. I might have been able to make sense out of all of this, but their writing and symbology meant little to me. They were excited. That was about all my observations could support. My cover was paramount, and yet a lack of understanding is often fatal. I stopped one of the humans and, with the limited amount of Earth language training I had received, attempted to communicate with it. de celebration essai? I shouted at the creature to make sure I was heard over the reverie. The creature looked at me with a mixture of blank incomprehension and discomfort. Leave it to me to find the one person who doesn't speak the planet's native language. After it worked through enough of its confusion, it made these noises in response. Y'all aren't from round these parts, are ya? Wanting to avoid losing my cover and still wanting to get some information about what this all meant, I opted instead to flail my arms toward the festivities in a gesture I hoped indicated inquisitiveness. The native's confusion only deepened. It once again expatiated, this time offering the following nonsensical string. God dang it, boy, ain't you ever been to homecoming? Its words raised an octave at the end. In whatever half-formed pigeon this creature used to get through its day, it appeared to be asking a question. I tried to form a smile and shrug, feeling that amiable ignorance would invite the least continued scrutiny. It shook its head and ran off, screaming this final battle cry. It then joined a group of its brethren huddled around a contained fire committed to the activity of immolating shards of meat. My stomach turned. They were either cannibals or carnivores, and I couldn't immediately decide which was worse. With no more, and perhaps less if that's possible, information about my situation than when I started, I continued to try to walk among the crowd. I can only hope that this message reaches the homeworld soon. If these humans carry about like this every day, I am fairly certain I will not survive long.